Welcome to Don't Call Me a Guru. I'm Tyler Butler. And I'm Linda Huang. We have some exciting news to share. We are now members of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Woo! This is a big deal. <laughs> we, uh, we, have, we have a sponsor. We have ads now. We have, we're all marketers listening to this, so I feel like you were all expecting this. This was bound to happen. This is the game. <laughs> We are legitimized. We are legit. Uh, we are this <laughs> this member group is uh, you know it's a bunch of Alberta based podcasts and hopefully the idea is that together um, we are in a better position to promote our own podcasts and and future podcasts in the province. So. And you can discover some some great stuff. Uh, all the other podcasts are, are really really solid. They're all local and interesting. But we'll get into that a little bit later. How are you doing, Linda? God, I miss you when we're not podcasting. But I talk to you like every day. (laughs) One of the things we've been talking about lately that I wanted to start with is uh, for me, working at the university, summer can be kind of a slow time. Okay. And I think every social media manager goes through like droughts where you're like, oh my God, what am I, I have to post something. What am I going to post Certain periods that are far slower than other periods. So I, I wanted to ask you like what... If you come to the office one day and you're like, all right, I got to post for this client, but I have no idea what I'm going to post. Where, like, what is your process? What, how do you solve that problem? So um, I solve it a few ways. One of the things, I, ideally, if it's a client, um, we would sort of already have had, you know, a, a calendar, a general idea of the things that we're going to be posting in the next few weeks. So we try to be uh, at least a few weeks out for posts. And then that way we will always have sort of backup content. But uh, if something more timely comes up that makes sense, then we can kind of roll with those punches. So I mean, my process, if we didn't have anything to post that day and we really needed to post something something, um, I would, well, first I would say, do we really need to post something today? Maybe we don't. Um, because quality over, over quantity, I think we both agree, uh, on that. Right. Um, but, but if, if we absolutely do need to post something, I'd look to, to see what, what, what are people saying today? Uh, I'd look to see, um, you know, I, I think, uh, that if it makes sense for a brand to chime in on sort of a national, holiday, a milestone, something going on, uh, then we can do that. Sometimes, depending on what the platform is, like on Twitter, uh, I think you can get away with your post of the day just being interacting or engaging with people. It doesn't have to be an original post. Um, it can be that you're chiming into uh, something that someone's already shared. So that, that would be sort of my initial uh, thoughts on that. But but really, you also just don't want to post for the sake of posting, um, I think. I that's think, a good point. Right? Like you... <laughs> You need to know when it's okay to not post anything. Mm-hmm. Like, and it is. It, it is, is okay. sometimes yes. okay. Because I one thing, like, you don't want to lean on those, like, holidays or, like, mm-hmm. uh, tweeting about the weather every day or something, oh, you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think your point about having a plan is really good. Like, your plan should have some standing content in it that's not... Uh, like time based, mm-hmm. like here, here's what we share when there's nothing to share, right? Kind of thing. Yeah. For me, sometimes that's just like I go and take a nice photo, mm-hmm. put that on Twitter. Um, 
that's that's fine that yeah. works well like i know if there's nothing going on or nothing interesting yeah. going on you i think know? it and then i think it'll depend on what organization you're in or what type of business uh you are if you're a small business or a very large business sometimes it might even be oh like uh what turn to your neighbor or turn to someone down the hall what are you guys working on today or you know like what's is right, something, like go and discover yeah, like be something a journalist interesting yeah. happening today and you know totally. interesting can be pretty like broadly defined I think, like sometimes I'll go into a, a scenario uh, with coworkers um, and I'll define something as oh I can that's that's social media content and they'll be like really <laughs> isn't our job to make like boring things interesting <laughs> yeah, like, exactly <laughs> that's part of storytelling on social um, absolutely one thing like one time when you might want to post nothing is uh is vacations like when I went on vacation for a month we actually just didn't post on Instagram for a At month all. And like, listen, it's the summertime at a university. Our students aren't like, oh, I wonder what's going on in McEwen right now. They, they don't, no one, we didn't lose followers. <laughs> we didn't post for a little while, you know? And right. I just jumped back in when I got back. It was mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, just that's okay. just hit pause for a couple of weeks. Got to remember that you need to take a vacation too. Um, my only thing about that, and I, I worry about this sometimes from my personal account, is if I've gone too many days without posting, let's say on Instagram, I... I haven't been able to prove this yet, but I wonder if that affects the algorithm because oh, yeah. people haven't been interacting with me, let's say for a week. And then I post something, I see a drop in like engagement. No, then you get that magical Linda has posted for the first time in a while, <laughs> in a while and all your friends right. get a notification. Right. You're just not waiting long enough. Yeah, I need it. to wait really long. <laughs> yeah, I love when, cause you'll get this like, oh, like Dave hasn't posted in a while, yeah. like see what's up. And it's just like, uh, there's it's Dave's like cat. Like, <laughs> Dave's still Dave. Yeah, still Dave's cat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think the, the moral of the story, right, Tyler, that we're trying to get across for strategists listening is that you, you don't have to post all the time. You shouldn't feel pressure to post all the time, but certainly um, you should know in your mind or have, you know, in your plan, um, those, those standing things you can share or have a backup plan of, well, if it is a slow day, um, what could we potentially uh, explore or look into posting? And if, you know, it's not quality content, um, then just, just don't post it and wait till tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> don't Call Me Guru is sponsored by ATB. Is your bank really listening to you? Because it should be. ATB is trying so dang hard to listen to Albertans and make banking work for them. Banking can be pretty intimidating and confusing, so it's pretty neat to imagine a bank that cares enough to listen and actually help you out. Check out their website to learn more. Visit atb.com slash listen. One new thing in my world that's kind of big is I've noticed that Facebook pages can now be the administrators of a Facebook group. So I, I don't know about you. I'll be curious to hear your thoughts, but like Facebook groups are like a low key big deal. Like, I, first of all, I think- Hashtag low key big deal. Hashtag low key big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I think that I think people just see the content more. The stuff yep. that's in there is like prioritized in the timelines and people are really willing to jump in. So we created this group at McEwen for first year students. Um, just the, the goal was to ha have a gathering place where first year students can meet each other and mm -hmm. kind of share tips. And we have some admins in there answering questions. And then as the group grows year over year, hopefully that first round can start mentoring the next group of mm -hmm. first year students. And 
there's like 5,000 people in this group now. Like That's it's great. a big deal. And, and it's good discussions. It's active all the right? time. People are meeting each other. They're answering questions. Like it's working out. It's supposed to work. Um, which is great. But one of the issues was I didn't really have a strong administrative control over it because I I wasn't using my personal account. Like you could only access it through a personal account. Mm-hmm. So I'd created some like kind of work personal yeah. accounts for the, the admins who are in there. But now I can actually access it as like McCune University and I can nice. own it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you go to the page, uh, there's like a groups section and all the groups that I own are listed there and mm-hmm. I can jump in and answer comments and, and, um, and also be a, a moderator, which like is not often needed, but is very <laughs> handy. Have are groups ever like a part of your strategies? Uh, generally, well, not recently when I was doing social media at Nate, um, it was more so, so s- similar idea. What I like about the idea of McEwen or or you taking ownership of a group for first year students um, is that then there is that degree of control if you need to and a bit of legitimacy to it because if if you weren't there to create that group then the students definitely would Mm -hmm. so that's what we saw at Nate is that there were just all of these groups being created all the time by students Um, so uh, I do remember some of the programs um, near the end of my time there were starting to wanting to own that process they know that their first year students or their second year students wanted to have a discussion or a forum online and they thought okay we should we should manage that because then we can give out also official information um and notices and, and all that type of thing. Uh, so I haven't done it recently, but I, I think that's uh, a smart route to go is if you are in an organization or in an industry where the audience uh, might just take that into their own hands, uh, would be nice if you had some degree of control over it. And I think that's similar to LinkedIn groups as well. Right. Um, we had, uh, when we were at Nate, there was a Nate alumni LinkedIn group that wasn't owned by us right. or our alumni department. Um, and that wasn't great. Uh, but then... <laughs> yeah, people join those groups too like because I think you create your LinkedIn profile and you go find your mm-hmm, alumni group mm-hmm. that's like what LinkedIn is that's for what you do, yeah. but I was so I noticed we had this huge group I, I created it people jumped in um, and then no one talked and I tried like starting all <laughs> these LinkedIn. conversations yeah on LinkedIn yeah. Facebook's yeah. crazy but LinkedIn they just join it and, and then, then they, they don't leave. do anything yeah. and I do wonder if that's um, this comes up all the time because I do want like LinkedIn is just People don't really engage on LinkedIn here. Right. I think I've heard that they do, like out east. That's like maybe more. Oh, interesting. Like, yeah, right? So it might be a, a geography. A geog- <laughs> I can't even say the word. A geographical thing. I read an article about someone who was trying to use LinkedIn like Tinder. They were trying to find <laughs> dates on LinkedIn, and it was not successful. It did that not work not out. what LinkedIn is for. Very yeah, um, but no, Facebook groups. And that was kind of the thing, too, because some of the um, – some of the programs at Nate had been wondering, you know, should we create specific program LinkedIn alumni groups? Right. And my advice to them at the time had been like, you know, you're better off doing it on Facebook because more people are actively exactly, engaged yeah. on Facebook and talking on Facebook. And it's it's less of a stretch to like, well, why would I log into LinkedIn to talk about this when, when I'm already logged into Facebook? Yeah, I ended up just kind of leaving that LinkedIn group to its own devices mm-hmm. like um in terms of posting content because mm-hmm. it just wasn't getting any, any engagement yeah I tried all my tricks it didn't work <laughs> they weren't <laughs> falling for it <laughs> they were not falling Threw for in the it. towel um but i do like groups uh as you said i do think um they sh- they do show up more in the timeline it's yeah. they're not 
affected by that you know business algorithm where they want you to boost all the posts and i I, it like by default when you join a group your notifications are just instantly like on for it yeah um so you're more likely to get notified when someone posts or someone replies to you which is nice as well and i noticed that the groups have analytics in them now yeah i I haven't seen that yeah when you go in you can see like how many conversations are being started you get all these great stats and i assume eventually if not already, you'll be able to target groups as like ad audiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can already create events in groups. Yeah. That was a lot of my experience with groups was like people in the music scene would make groups and then and use then them to invite, mass invite people to events. Yeah, that makes sense. Everyone was kind of like growth hacking events like <laughs> a, on like a DIY like punk basis because <laughs> the algorithm was always changing. They'd be right. like, all right, everyone join this other group or right. now everyone needs to follow this page. And, it's like uh, too much. Yeah. So... I had my first influencer marketing experience. Yay! Yay. <laughs> uh, as you we... are now part of a statistic. <laughs> <laughs> you were one of the marketers who were going to try influencer marketing in 2017. There That's you, you now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've had this on the radar since we went to Social West in 2016. It took a while. Uh, it's a hard thing to convince people to do to spend time on like it easier on. now though it is easier yeah. now that more people are talking about more it case and studies you're seeing more, more sponsored po- yeah for sure but yeah it's not a it's not as black and white as let's put money into this ad it's funny I, I thought it was it's really valuable i think so we have this building that's opening at McEwen. i brought a group of people through to tour the building mm-hmm. take some photos post them on instagram and uh one, I think when you can allow people that like backstage access, that exclusivity, Behind it's exciting. Scene. Like mm-hmm. it's a beautiful building. I think people, everyone was legitimately excited to be inside it. I was excited to share it. Um, and they, when I was reaching out to people, um, it, they were, yeah, just glad to be kind of a part of this opportunity, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it was more challenging than I thought to get people to come. Mm-hmm. It, it's like it's kind of I had this list of people I was approaching and and uh, because I, I was working on kind of short notice, too. So it was mm-hmm. like, hey, like, can you come at this time in like five days mm-hmm. uh, and spend an hour? Not and a lot of I, I got a lot of like I would, but I'm working. And even I the timing, like right? Yeah, right. When the timing was a uh, morning. It was right. You couldn't come. I, couldn't <laughs> come. I wanted to go. And I was like, well, I got to work. <laughs> <laughs> which happens you got to consider that yeah exactly <laughs> when you're planning your influencer but i don't think there's a lot of like professional influencers in edmonton so no. a lot of people like it was very informal mm-hmm. i wasn't making like i know there are models of this where you say like okay i'm gonna pay you this much money mm-hmm. and you're you're basically hiring them as a creator yeah. so yeah. i expect you to post this twice on instagram or, yeah, right and once on twitter or whatever exactly like, whatever the rules are that you kind of stipulate and certainly like i think if you're I think that's one way to do it. But mine was much more like, hey, if you'd like to come to this, there's an opportunity. I think you take great photos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I encourage you to post using yeah. this hashtag and using this location. So yeah. very, so it wasn't as explicit. Exactly. Yeah. And very, very informal. It was just kind of a, a hangout. Um, and a lot of people did. A couple of people haven't posted. Everyone made a story. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't really demand like analytics uh, mm-hmm. in any way. So I know everyone made a story, but I'm not too sure of the reach or anything. Right. But what I thought was really unique about influencer marketing is like, it wasn't about reaching people necessarily. Like mm-hmm. that's good. And mm-hmm. I was taking a look at the likes and the comments and mm-hmm. stuff. What it was really about for me is getting really good photographers mm-hmm. into a space that I want people to take interesting, good photos of. Mm-hmm. So 
I wanted to, I had some people who had two or 300 followers. Like it was about, Hey, I really like your photos. You've taken photos that you've created. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been engaged with us in the past. Like I know you're a student here. I I know you're an alumni Mm -hmm. or uh, even like a friend of mine or Mm -hmm. something. Come here and and take, create, come take a photo that I wouldn't have taken in a way that I wouldn't have taken it. Mm -hmm. Show off some unique angles. And my goal what I hope will happen is people will want to recreate those photos. Mm-hmm. So when they step into the building for the first time, I mean, I know like my partner, Lindsay and I, we do this a lot. We'll see like a Instagram of a hike or something and say like, Oh, I wish I, I got to like, if we do this hike, I got to get this great photo. Yeah, for my like Instagram. That shot. yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a powerful trend on Instagram mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I want people when they come in the building, I think I don't necessarily have to do work to get people to share the new building. It's new and it's beautiful. Yeah. My work is for them to share the thing that's most interesting and yeah. to know the story behind it. And so what I'm doing is I, uh, we're now that I have these like eight or nine photos mm-hmm. and some people posted multiple photos, I'm sharing this article, like, uh, six great shots of the new building to yeah, share and perfect. that'll have and some ad money imagery. behind it using their images. So, you know, Hey, this great local photographer took this photo. Make sure you check out the recording studio when you're in this building in September. Yeah, that's awesome. And the other thing I'm doing is reposting a handful of them showing kind of diverse spaces mm-hmm. and then throwing ad money behind those. Yeah. So ideally I, I would have liked honestly, to just promote their post on their account. But I, I don't think that's logistically possible. If it is, I didn't put the time in to figure it out. Maybe with access to their account. Right. Yeah, it is possible. Yeah. Um, more of like the hardcore people who do influencer like sponsored posts all day, every day yeah. <laughs> can do that. But just for like simplicity's sake, I went with like, uh, with yeah. permission, and now, like I'm going to repost still, this. Yeah, it's still coming from the McEwen account, but you're using their content. Exactly. And tagging them in it so they still get kind of that... Um, awareness as well. And then I have a really small budget to just promote those posts on Instagram and make sure they get to a lot of people. So I think it's been a really neat way to build hype about the building. And uh, it it was a lot of work to put together. Like I I worked on it for a long time (laughs) and I'm still working on it. Yeah. Um, But you think it worked out? I think it worked out. I'm happy with it. I would recommend influencer marketing to other other marketers. What I think uh, was interesting seeing you do um, this was was sort of what you'd mentioned, right? So the goals are always going to be different for influencer marketing. So your goals not necessarily was the likes, the comments, or even the reach. Um, part of it uh, was content creation. So now you have this visual asset library and now you're repurposing it and now you're sharing it out as uh, more content. So that I think is uh, a good goal and probably a common goal. I know a lot of tourism boards do that too mm-hmm. for their influencers. So it's, I mean... For that too, it's like, yes, you're reaching a lot of people with influencer posts, but um, a lot of the tourism boards will be like, but now we own, you know, your photos for the next year or whatever, and we can use them for the year and we can share those out. So, so it's really valuable that way. Um, And, and same idea, you know, you, you take great photos, uh, but there's like 20, these 20 people, 10 people that you invited who have, it's a, everyone's going to have a different angle or a different take. So that's. So I think that's cool. I remember I was on Instagram the day that you had this uh, influencer event and and I was seeing all the stories too. And that made me excited about the building. And I think you have like a really cool white wall photo studio or something. Yeah, yeah. it's like a... Like I can't remember what the word is, I don't know what but the, the walls are curved and it's yeah. white. So it you kind of like lose your depth perception. And yeah. it's really funny if you walk into it, you like you're 
kind of peripheral vision stops working properly. <laughs> so you can't tell you like you can't tell how close to that wall you are. Mm-hmm. And I was in there. I, we had this competition to see who could get closest to the wall without touching it. And you're just like waving your arms yeah. around. <laughs> yeah, really but funny. I saw that and I was like, oh, I want to check that out myself. Right. Um, but to your point, you know, the the photos on Instagram or, or sharing photos of places that people will want to go to to take pictures of themselves. Right. Totally huge. So that's, yeah. I mean, I've, so I've started doing that with like um, these Instagrammable walls of Edmonton walks that I'm doing. Yeah. And I'm sharing out photos of these different locations. Uh, and then the next day I'll see people have gone out there to take their own photos there too. Which is such a cool idea. Which is, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, cool. It's really cool. Um, the other thing I wanted to add about influencer marketing though, because we had this conversation uh, when you were saying a few people hadn't posted uh, the photos. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, can I see your ask? It's like such a nerdy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I really want to see your ask. <laughs> um, but yeah, and that you weren't explicit about it, but like on purpose because right. yeah. you wanted it to be more casual and informal um, and you didn't have the budget to pay them. So right. it wasn't like, a, well, I'm hiring you and you need to produce content. Um, so that makes sense. So but but for other strategists who are thinking uh, about influencer marketing, yeah, you just you just got to weigh that. Um, you know, if you're not going to pay someone or if you're not explicit in your ask and you don't get the content back, uh, then you sort of just kind of, you know, it's like, well, it's because I wasn't explicit about it or I didn't have the money to pay them. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, what we had talked about was that it kind of makes it a good case for future influencer marketing. Um, right. Look how well this worked. Can I have a budget to do this yeah, more formally like next thi- time? Yeah, exactly. Like this went really well without any budget. Imagine how much better it could have been um, if we did have a budget. But you, and I think it's great that you have a budget to to boost the content from the influencer uh, content, though. That's already, um, I'd say, that's an advanced influencer marketing uh, tactic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was it was good. It went better. I was so scared. I was so <laughs> that scared. no one was going to I'm sitting up. outside the building where we're meeting, and it's like five minutes to one when we're meeting, and there's no one there yet. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be just me. <laughs> and at one point, only two people had said yes, and I'm like, I can't take two people in. They're going to think I took him in here to like <laughs> kill, them. kill them or something like i need i need yeah well people. it's that it's that whole yeah no and that's a part of it too because normally i mean would you say you gave them five days no i, think, I know yeah, i think usually, i gave you heck too because yeah. i was like what <laughs> that's but not that's part notice. of what the exclusivity of it was is right. like it's hard to get into this building right mm-hmm. now there's a lot of people doing a lot of different things mm-hmm. and i think that was really uh, a draw for people yeah, so like, i think for for other situations where I'd use it you need to find that thing where you're doing something very special Mm -hmm. it's not just like hey do you want to come check out this like what are they yeah what's what what do they get out of it what's the appeal Uh, right and and some of that might just be like it's a really cool building and no one else has seen it yet so you're going to be one of the first to see it yeah um and the other one might be it's a it's an amazing experience and I'm going to fly you around in a helicopter or something like yeah exactly depending on what that is I did think it was neat that everyone made an Instagram story yeah. So like I, I obviously I was picking people who are pretty active on Instagram, but yep. um, Instagram stories have now been around for a whole year, yeah. which will make us all feel very old. Uh huh. <laughs> I remember when they came out and I was like, ugh, it's like a poor man's Snapchat. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the features weren't quite there yet. And it's like an obvious blatant ripoff. And now yeah. and now I'm like, I haven't. But people o- love it. I haven't opened my Snapchat. And I know. I don't really use Snapchat personally either, really um, which is neat. <laughs> Uh, People love it. Brands love it. I um, wanted to kind of get a sense of where you're at with Instagram stories right now, one year in. One thing I've noticed is mm-hmm. that stories, um, 
I don't think the retention has been as good. And I don't know if that's just me kind of still figuring out the the right kinds of things to share. But mm-hmm. what I find is like, there's more people who start watching the story who don't finish it when I follow the same kind of rules I was doing on Snapchat. Right. So I've been trying to use more features. Like I do more boomerangs. I do yep. more just visual and less people talking. And yep. that number has been going up a bit. Yep. Um, I really do think because the way Instagram stories uh, is so tap-based, tap, tap, tap through to the next thing, um, that things like a really long person talking or – and it's not even that long. You mm-hmm. get like 15 seconds, 30 seconds. But if someone's you know talking about something, your audio is not on, you're just going to tap through to the next thing or swipe off uh, completely. So yeah. I see that. I'm I'm seeing – well, and so this was my thing for, for a while uh, personally and recommending two brands is that I found just because of the sheer uh, number of people who are already on Instagram and already more likely to click into stories um, that my views and retention on Instagram stories was far better than Snapchat mm. because I didn't have a huge audience on Snapchat personally. Um, and then, you know, we had the Nate account and that was doing pretty well, but then I had left before Instagram stories came out so I right. couldn't do an exact uh, comparison there. Um, yeah, no, it's interesting. I just uh, I just saw that Instagram stories, if you have a business profile, um, they give you more stats now. Yay. Yay. So everyone, I think, that you can see that at the viewers. Yeah. Or what you thought was viewers. So now that there's the the business analytics for Instagram stories, what that number is that that everyone can see without Instagram stories is just uh, impressions. So views, basically. So yeah. it can be, you know, 10 people viewing it 50 times, uh, which is which I think is interesting. So the number is generally pretty close. Um, but if you have an Instagram business account, um, try to share a few stories and then click into the new insights that they have. Uh, the, so it shows the impressions, number of views. It shows uh, number of unique viewers. Um, and then something uh, that's interesting is it'll show how many clicks of your hashtags or clicks of your location uh, filter um, that that people interacted with. If you tag someone, a user in your Instagram story, it, it will tell you if someone's clicked through to their profile. Um, and then the thing that that's interesting is that it also shows you when people swiped away from your Instagram story or how I many. I'm dreading this. Stat. I know, like, I know. Can so I from, just see how many people saw it? <laughs> <laughs> so from a business perspective, makes a lot of sense, makes your uh, stats way more accurate. Yeah. Sure. And uh, there's a lot to learn from, okay, they didn't like this. Like, I got to like, change my yeah, strategy. Like, like how many, so many people swiped away from this. This is obviously not a, you know, a, a type of content that I should do again or, or whatever, yeah. experiment with it. Um, but yeah, from a personal Instagram stories perspective, because my personal account is a business account, um, it, it was, I was kind of like, oh, like 35 people swiped away. <laughs> <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> but that's okay. Like you'll, do, you'll establish a baseline for, for sure. people are probably going to swipe past. Uh, and One, I, sorry. sorry, I was going to say, um, I was trying to think about why people uh, do swipe away uh, from an Instagram story. And this is something that that I've, so, you know, Instagram story has been around for a year. Now people have their preferences of the type of stories they like and that type of thing. Um, I, I just really don't like, and I try so hard not to do this, but, you know, at the top of your Instagram stories feed and it shows the little bar mm. of how many stories there are coming up from this yeah. one person when it's like, it's so tiny because they've posted 60 stories. Oh, no. <laughs> it hurts. It hurts me. And then I, I see that and I'm like, mm, I'm not going to stick around for all this. I just swipe off. I've been using our Snapchat guideline of like five, like mm-hmm. 10 is outside maximum. It's that's, a lot. That's a lot. But five to seven like posts 
in the story. See, but then, and then I ran into this issue where because it's the, the 24 hours, mm-hmm. maybe you have the five from the previous day, but then now it's a new day and you've added five. I think that's a planning thing. So one thing I'm doing is like trying to split my content between Snapchat and Instagram. So mm-hmm. I used to post maybe like two or three different Snapchat stories a day and mm-hmm. I would break them up with like a title slide almost. So yep, everyone's yep. first story is like, hey, you'll, it's me yeah, and Tyler and we're talking know, about yeah. this. Mm-hmm. And there's a clear transition. Um, but now that there's multiple places to share these stories, like maybe that thing that maybe that second thing you're doing is a Snapchat story and mm-hmm. the first one's an Instagram story mm-hmm. and you can kind of think holistically that way. Yeah, for sure. Um, or maybe you need to find a way to time together and make one story out of it. Like you know? seamlessly. But I try to just like now I have one Instagram story per day and yep. I have a pretty clear calendar for it. Yep. And, and maybe- one Instagram story equals like four or five Actual, exactly yeah, photos videos yeah boomerangs, but whatever that might i'll be. also do if if it hasn't been 24 hours um i might delete the other story early yeah. so if it's only if it's been 22 or 23 yeah, you're like you know i got right. i got my stats and i'll just make a note like okay it's been uh i deleted this early so the numbers might be lower in my spreadsheet kind yeah. of thing yeah that works uh it's funny. I think a lot of people use Instagram stories. You're right because they're already on Instagram, right? Yeah. They they they're familiar with it. And we'd been talking about how, kind of like, when you get so deep into social media strategy, you can forget sometimes that people are trying it for the first time yeah. every day or yeah. don't think about it obsessively. Or when, yeah, all or the when time. you're saying it out loud and it's like normal to you, but then you're like, oh, I guess <laughs> that sounds weird. Like it disappears in 24 hours and I, you don't really appreciate that that's odd for someone who doesn't right. use it. <laughs> because I was chatting with a friend and we were brainstorming some ideas for this account and uh, I was getting all excited about stories and ads and targeting and all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, but what should I share? What should I post? So I'm like, oh yeah. Like, I totally forgot about that. that back in, yeah. Right? <laughs> funny you know that's um like i i was talking to uh, a client i was giving her some one-on-one instagram training um and it just it, it just didn't occur to me I, she was like well what's this button right. <laughs> and i was like because i was actually the opposite i was telling her and you can post this and you can do this and you can engage with this way and she's like okay but like what does this button do <laughs> Like, oh, I just like take it for granted that that you would that you would know that or that you would assume that everyone knows what a like is. Like, yeah. she's like, well, what's the heart? Oh, that's that's a like. <laughs> I'm, I'm still I'm trying to get a little better at that, like mm-hmm. establishing a baseline of what mm-hmm. what do we all know but, yeah. and how how wonky should this conversation get? Because mm-hmm. um, there are some things like I might know my like complex ad strategy, mm-hmm. but maybe you just need to tell them like we're gonna spend some you money and we're ad. gonna get these you results. Twenty five dollars, yeah. And I mean, and it depends for me like if I'm doing training workshops or the one on one. The one on one is nice because I can gauge exactly where they're at with like what button to click mm-hmm. or what to do. Um, it's a little harder when you're in a room with like ten people and there might be five of them who who. That's a challenge. They know what the heart is or whatever. So it's like, well, how do you how do you speak so you're still giving them advanced stuff, but taking it down to sort of those core basics or those core principles um, that they should be sharing on social. Don't Call Me a Guru is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network. We're a group of local podcasters who have banded together to share quality audio content with you. One show worth checking out this week is the High Level Showdown. It's a politics podcast with a local spin, and I think you're going to love it. Visit albertapodcastnetwork.com. So, Linda, one thing that's been that's changed recently is Snapchat now has a self-directed ad dashboard. Yeah. I have not spent any time in here. Like I've made geo filters. I don't know anything about this, but you have. 
I've uh, I've been experimenting. I've been playing around with it the last uh, couple weeks. Um, so this is sort of Snapchat's response to a lot of smaller brands not having a hundred thousand dollars to drop on a Discover Story. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so they have this ad dashboard very, it's, I think it's meant to be very similar to the Facebook ad dashboard. And I do wonder if, uh, I like, I'm already thinking about a, a couple clients down the road here. Is it, it does it get added to that list of different ad types that we do. So we're going to do right. Facebook spend, Twitter spend, Instagram, Snapchat spend. Um, so yeah, played around with it. Uh, the dashboard is not very user friendly. Uh, this is my, this is my two week review <laughs> of Snapchat <laughs> ad dashboard. Uh, I, I can only assume that they're making, they're going to make changes as people go along and, and yeah. So, so it took me actually, uh, three tries to get an ad approved. So similar to Facebook, they do have re- rules around the, the type of ad that you can post. Uh, so my ads were rejected, uh, twice um one time because uh i had you're not allowed to put a url in a headline didn't didn't know that uh and then the second uh time it was rejected was because it said i didn't have enough branding on the ad because they want your logo (laughs) do you remember how hard it was to get our geo filters approved like why is it always so hard it's so hard yeah (laughs) so constantly rejected so i was like oh so they want they want more branding on this. So then so this was just I was just doing it for fun for my blog. So I don't have a right. logo for my blog. So I just did like this kind of logo word mark type of thing. And I was right, like, because you got some free money from them. right, right. So I got a because I had signed up to the Snapchat ad dashboard. Uh, I guess early. Maybe you should try it now and see if you get a credit. Um, but they sent me a hundred dollar credit uh, to play around with, uh, which is helpful. But so so I've I've been running these ads for four days and I don't understand how this is working. But it's only spent a dollar of my hundred dollars so the money's going far it's not yeah right and so uh so far in the four days i've gotten over 200 impressions and four swipe ups so on snapchat you want people to swipe up and that'll like take them to a a, like a website or something like that pause here because i've been adding links into my stories so Mm -hmm. my call to action is like swipe up and check out more and i'm getting a lot of messages back like what's what's the website like people aren't cluing into the that swipe, up, swipe thing. up yeah and go to the website like, i don't know if snapchat has made that intuitive or like apparent enough mm. for its audience like so they don't know that they i don't think swipe. they know I mean, even though has, i'm telling you it has them. that little like triangle but it is thing. very subtle yeah it's right? subtle i know it's there because i put a link in it right? <laughs> but I've, i thought it was really interesting every time i've done that Someone i've got a couple comments back where they're like i want to check out the website but you didn't put it in the post interesting uh, which is kind of neat now, uh, sorry, let's just leave Snapchat for a second. You got it. For <laughs> Are these Instagram story ads that you're doing? No, those are the Snapchat. Up? Oh, the Snapchat. Yeah, okay. the, the Instagram story links, Not I think only approved accounts can do it right now. Yeah. And we're not like a not verified a, okay. account. Okay, because so. I was going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Tell I know, me right? more. I, I want to I swipe up. <laughs> if you know what to look. If you know what to do. Like, I think on Instagram, people know to do that because there's a big like blue bar. Yep. Oh, call to action yeah, and on stuff. that, learn more thing. Um, and I think it's quite apparent when you can swipe up to go to a link from Instagram. Yeah, less where, so, Whereas Snapchat, Snapchat. It, it might be too subtle. So I'd be interested in hearing what if other people are If that changes or not, yeah. Um, I mean, and they give you other stats. Like, they'll tell you the average second, average number of seconds that people viewed your ad. So oh, my, mine is 1.3, oh. which you don't think is a lot. But, like, you can, you can read three words in 1.3 seconds and get the whole idea. So I'm like, this is where I'm like, Right. What's a better ad? Something where it's you- a long time. Like if I stared at you like one <laughs> one thousand 
point three one thousand. That's a long time. That's a while. You can absorb a lot of information, right, before they tap out. Uh, and they also tell you uh, completion rates. So, do people uh, watch to the end of your ad, or to twenty five percent of your ad, or seventy five percent? I like of your the ad. idea that, like, I hope that the longer views were the people who ended up following you, and yeah. someone wasn't just staring at it, like, should I? <laughs> Should I? Right. Nah. <laughs> or it's like Tinder. Do I swipe left? Do I swipe right? I don't know. I'm confused. Swipe. Yeah, now we're swiping up. Um, but no, so so it's a lot. It's, it's interesting. Uh, you can target by location. You can uh, put in a minimum spend of. You can uh, do cost per click in, based on impressions or swipe ups. Um, so there's a few different options. I would say it's it's more limiting than Facebook's right now. Um, but it's also also interesting to see the different uh, the types of ads that you can do. Like there's something called a top snap and like a drive traffic snap. So there's different uh, formats. Um, yeah, which is a, it's it's all still so new though. So I mean, I think geo filters is still quite probably yeah easier. Everyone understands that. Um, the other thing is that they have templates for their ads too. So in theory, uh, you know, you could just build it right mm-hmm. into that uh, ad dashboard. You don't need to go go away to your creative. Graphic yeah, and you can like and, drag and drop, yeah, and it'll swipe and like and fly around and yep. stuff. Yeah, it, it does its really own cool. subtle animations. Um, it's not bad. Uh, I'm I would encourage uh, anyone in the social media space to kind of play around with it. Yeah. You can play around without spending money. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna see where I'm, yeah. <laughs> it might take me three months to use my hundred dollars if <laughs> yes, if four right, days only spent a dollar. <laughs> it's gonna be a defining year for Snapchat. Like mm-hmm. I'm really curious to see where that social media is this time next year. Yeah. Like I'm still, I still have a strategy for it mm-hmm. and our, our audience is still going strong, Your audience still makes sense but I, I do think there's a big chance it'll, people will change how they use it. Mm-hmm. Like I still think people use it to talk one-on-one and yeah, I still think people use it for like texting for kind sure. of like, not thing. to follow brands, not, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. yeah. Which it's always been a little bit like yeah. that, a little gritty, like, um, I think that has More been personal. one of the advantages, but yeah. I'm and I have an open mind, but it's I'm looking at a lot of different things. I'm curious to see where it goes. Yeah, and what its relationship is with Instagram stories. And I do think it's interesting how we say that more people are like there's more people using Instagram stories just because there's more people on Instagram than Snapchat. But then you look at something like Facebook where they're trying to release their stories and no one, one. but you know, people are on Facebook. I still think if you're the one person who does it, like you just hit a gold mine because Facebook's going to be like, yes, you did it. Like just keep on at it. Here's 10 million impressions. It's like, and and then they even try to trick you because they put pictures of people that you know and you tap into it and it just says, Come back soon or something for a story <laughs> from this friend. <laughs> so so I think uh, that's interesting that, you know, Facebook, you know, there's almost two billion users, but but no one no one wants to use stories on Facebook. Let's finish with one last little thing that's changing. Um Facebook's no longer letting you edit your link mm. descriptions uh on your page posts, maybe posts anywhere. So that's not like I think it's something to be aware of if you're a page manager. Uh, make sure that your site is set up for Facebook to read it. They have a, a little bit of co- uh, a website you can go to, to to see how your page will show up. It's important because even if you're not going to share your website, other people might, mm-hmm. and you want to make sure it doesn't look insane. Yeah. Uh, like we had this thing where it wasn't pulling our descriptions properly, mm-hmm. so I needed to go in, and I've been learning a lot. <laughs> yeah. Or sometimes the photo is not right, right? The yeah. photo that it pulls is not. And, and I and that actually, it's crazy to me how many people share 
not caring that the photo doesn't make any sense as to what they're sharing. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> But you have some control over yeah. that uh, using this like open graph thing. Yep. That, I don't, I don't know. From the a, website end, web the developer guy. side, the back end, you should, you need to do it. You need to talk to your developer yes. or become a developer and figure this <laughs> out. Because uh, I do think it's important and it's, I, I think it's easier than you think, especially on a WordPress page or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's easy on WordPress. Well, let's call it, uh, let's call it a day. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Don't Call Me a Guru. We're a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATV, proud member. Can't wait to talk with you again. Our next episode, we're so excited about. Uh, more on that later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>